I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On a clear night, a few miles east of the small town of Marfa, Texas, you can catch a glimpse of a long-standing local mystery. Unexplained, floating lights dancing in the dark. Some say the lights are the ghost of an Apache chief that haunts the desert plains. Others believe it's visitors from another planet. But everybody who has seen the phenomenon agrees the floating, glowing orbs are delightful and strange. These are the Marfa lights. For more than half a century, maybe longer, people have witnessed the lights moving through the darkness. They dance forward and backwards. They go fast sometimes, slowly others. Sometimes they blink out in one area and then suddenly reappear miles away in the vista. There's no reasonable explanation for these lights. The area where they're spotted is a vast stretch of desert plain that reaches to these huge craggy peaks of a mountain range in the distance. The plains are home to just a few cacti and some dry grass. There's nothing that would explain brilliant bobbing lights in the night. But they're important. Because the tourists these lights attract have helped bolster the once failing town of Marfa, population 2000. These days, Marfa has been revitalized. It's kind of a hip hipster artist hub now in West Texas. A huge part of that is thanks to the lure of the mysterious Marfa lights. Scientists have recently solved exactly where these lights are coming from. But there's still some things that leave them perplexed about these hypnotic, haunting lights. This is Science Solved It, and today's episode, The Marfa Lights. Welcome to Science Solved It, motherboard show that explores the world's greatest mysteries that were solved by science. I'm Kaylee Rogers. If you traveled out to the plains east of Marfa during the daytime, you might find that the landscape is just as mysterious as it is at night when the lights come out to play. It's a big, wide area. I mean, you're looking out at thousands of miles, looking south toward Mexico, toward these mountains, the Chinati Mountains, all these 
weird peaks off in the distance. I mean, it's really otherworldly place in the first place. Michael Hall is an executive editor at Texas Monthly Magazine. I write stories. Michael lives in Austin, but he's been visiting Marfa and its lights since the 90s. You know, I started going out there with some friends back in the 90s and go to Marfa, go to Alpine, and you would always wind up going to the Marfa Lights, uh, this viewing station. It's about eight miles east of Marfa. It was just kind of like the thing to do. You'd take a, take a six-pack and go out there and just kind of hang out and look out across this huge plain and look for, uh, look for lights. He told me that Marfa and the area surrounding it in West Texas is already a really surreal place. It's unlike the rest of Texas. It's unlike the rest of America. The grass is yellow. There's cacti, Ocotillo cactus, as far as the eye can see. And then off in the distance, you see these really strange mountain shapes that just pop up. It looks a little bit like the desert. It looks a little bit like the mountains. You're a mile high, so the air feels different. It already feels like something strange could be happening here. Michael wrote an essay about the Marfa Lights back in 2006. It was kind of a love letter to the lore of these weird floating specters. They're, they're white, but they, they kind of blink on and off, and they seem to be moving. When I first saw them, I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. These lights would come on and off, and they would move to the left, and they would move to the right. And I was like, what, what are these things? You know, you're looking out into this total blackness. You can see like little shapes of mountains maybe against the horizon. But you see these lights coming off, on and off. And it's like, oh my God, this, this, there's really something crazy here. Michael and his wife got married in nearby Alpine, Texas. It's about a half hour from Marfa. And the wedding party even went out to see the lights the night before the wedding. We all wound up at the Marfa Light Station. We'd always wind up at the Marfa Lights. The Marfa Lights were first written about in the 1950s, but some people claim they've been spotted since the 1800s. Michael told me he was enchanted by the idea that these lights had been around for decades, but nobody knew what they were. The lack of explanation combined with the beauty of these lights themselves made them a beloved pit stop for him and for thousands of other visitors over the years. The fun was in not knowing what you were looking at. Seeing something out there that was just totally strange. There were always other people there, too, at this viewing station. And they were going through the same thing you were. You know, there would be little kids and ooing and eyeing and, oh my God, it's a Marfa light. And there were always tourists there. Of course... Every mystery needs at least a few theories to explain it. The Marfa lights were no different. Some people said the lights were the ghostly lantern of an Apache chief that had been murdered on those very plains more than 100 years ago. There was a rancher who had also written about them back in the day in the, in the 19th century. And there was some speculation that they were... I think it was a it was an Apache chief who had died, Apache chief who had been killed by the Mexicans. Over the years, modern explanations have emerged as well. UFOs is a popular theory, naturally. Perhaps these lights are little alien spacecraft observing us as we observe them. 
Other people like to cite the tale of the Will-o'-the-Wisp. It's a specter that's cropped up in folklore from around the world. So supposedly the Will-o'-the-Wisp is this ghostly light that looks like a flickering lantern, but it moves away from you if you approach it. And according to legend, it can cause travelers to lose their way by luring them off their paths. Will-o'-the-Wisps also have some names that make me laugh every time I say them. Friar's Lantern, Hinky Punk, and Hobby Lantern. But beginning in the early 2000s, scientists began to investigate whether there was a more concrete explanation for these strange lights in the night. And they found one. One that proved once and for all that the Marfa Flats really are a special place. And that actually left a few mysteries still to be solved. I don't think anyone's too concerned about the scientific nature of of the unusual type of light. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you what scientists uncovered and what they simply couldn't explain. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a short break here to tell you about one of our other fantastic shows at Vice. If you like Science Solved It, you might just be nerdy enough to appreciate Waypoint Radio, our twice-weekly gaming roundtable discussion about the latest news in video games. Don't go there looking for reviews. This is a heady, deep conversation about the role of games in our lives. It's also a lot of fun. Playing games like that is like playing jazz. It's about the bacoblins you don't kill. You know what I mean? Like, it's... (laughs) You gotta, you gotta, you have to meet it halfway. And if you've been listening to Science Solved It, you might recognize the host, Austin Walker, from our first episode about the blue. Global warming is a Lovecraftian beast. So be sure to check it out. Welcome back. For decades, or possibly even centuries, the Marfa lights would appear every night out on the desert plains in West Texas. Even though there were a few folk theories floating, nobody thought too deeply about what caused the lights to appear and move the way that they did. That is, until Carl Steffen came along. My name is Carl Steffen. I'm a professor in the Ingram School of Engineering at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. I teach electrical engineering. Carl works at Texas State, which is just south of Austin, in the center of the state. So he hadn't even heard of the Marfa Lights until the spring of 2000, when he took a fateful trip to the western reaches of the state with his brother-in-law. In the spring of 2000, I went out to West Texas just on a holiday with my brother-in-law, and he had heard of uh, Marfa Lights. So one evening we went out. It was very cold at that time in March. We pulled the car out and got out in the cold and stood around 15 or 20 minutes until we couldn't stand anymore looking for weird lights. Carl and his brother-in-law peered into the darkness and... We didn't see anything. Oh. So I I thought that was kind of silly. But in the bookstore later in Marfa, I found a book by a person who had been studying Marfa lights. And as I was thinking about the situation, I thought, you know, somebody ought to do some scientific investigating. Carl reached out to the book's author, an amateur scientist named James Bunnell, who grew up in Marfa. James had done his own investigations. 
After many years and lots of discussion, the two paired up to do a formal scientific evaluation of the Marfa lights. In the spring of 2008, Carl took a six-month sabbatical from the university to try to solve a mystery. And uh, spent several thousand dollars on some equipment, as well as university equipment that we took out to Marfa. We spent basically six weeks going out nearly every night to the Marfa Light viewing area and staying till midnight, waiting to see what we would call the unusual Marfa Lights. Carl and his team hauled a bunch of scientific instruments out into the desert plain to measure the lights and the weather and atmospheric conditions in the area. We brought an 8-inch reflector telescope out there. We brought a visual and infrared and ultraviolet spectrometer, which basically measures the wavelengths of light. You can tell a great deal about what the source of a light is if you run it through a spectrometer. It basically analyzes it and takes it apart and tells you what wavelength is coming where. And we brought a video camera to record things. Of course, like most people who visit Marfa, Carl and his team did see the lights. Lots of them. But suddenly, they weren't so mysterious. I hate to disappoint your listeners by saying we never did see anything that we couldn't account for scientifically. Using all of the data that they collected using the telescope and the spectrometers and the video camera, Carl and his team were able to confirm a theory that had long been considered. The lights weren't otherworldly at all. They were practically mundane. Well, the Marfa lights that you see every night are not very big as far as, you know, uh, much smaller than the size of a fist. It looks almost like a star, maybe, yellowish to white. And they, they move very slowly. They don't move very fast. And it turns out that they're headlights. Headlights? Headlights on a highway, Highway 67, which is some distance, about 15 or 20 miles south of the viewing area. Okay, wait, 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 wait. How could these be headlights? I mean, people know what headlights look like when they see them. And they don't typically move back and forth and dance around. They don't look like headlights. In fact, I was out there one night and showed a lady through a telescope I had what we were looking at. I told her they were headlights. And she turned to me and said, they don't look like any headlights I ever saw. And she was right. So the mysterious, dancing, magical Marfa lights are really just headlights? Headlights from cars that don't look like any headlights you've ever seen. How is that possible? The fact is that it's unusual to have a clear line of sight from a location that isn't on top of a mountain. But to the extent of having 15 or 20 miles of atmosphere to, to look through. And that much atmosphere causes the light waves to bend and refract and basically kind of blur together. Because it's such an unusually flat stretch of land between the viewing station and the highway, the light from the cars has to travel about 20 miles through a very unique atmosphere to get to your eyeballs. And that distorts the light in unexpected ways. It's like looking through a wavy piece of glass. And so the headlights that would ordinarily look like two little dots, you know, and you could clearly recognize them, get blurred together into this fuzzy yellowish object that we will call one kind of Marfa light. 
Carl explained that the temperature, air density, and humidity in the atmosphere all creates a kind of perfect storm that distorts the light in this unusual and perplexing way. That's why the headlights don't look like headlights. And sometimes they seem like they're moving in weird directions. It's basically a desert area, so there's very few trees, and, you know, it's a rural area, so there's not any man-made obstructions to, to speak of. And the highway that people see is, is basically going along the side of some mountains that are at that distance away. Uh, the other fact is that when the desert heats up, the uh, air above the uh, ground gets warm and rises in little kind of bubbles after dark. The, the, the ground is warmer than the air, and so you get this convection sort of effect, which creates non-uniformities, you know, a little bit hotter here and a little bit colder there. And because air allows light to travel through it faster or slower, depending on how hot or cold it is, the air itself bends the light slightly. And over the incredible, well, not incredible, but very long distance of 15 or 20 miles, you get this effect of scintillation and waviness that, that people see through telescopes and so forth. Though there are some reports of Marfa lights that predate cars, Carl explained that these could have just been campfires or lanterns, which would have been distorted in a similar way. These days, they're almost all just cars. It seems like a frustratingly obvious solution. And years ago, when Michael, our Marfa Lights enthusiast, learned the truth, he was honestly a little disappointed. It didn't take me long to realize what I was looking at. What you're looking at are lights coming down the highway from a hill into Marfa from Presidio. It's really easy to see that. And once you see that, yeah, it kind of ruins it for you. You know, once you see that and then you stand there and then you see the tourists lining up and the kids going, oh, it's the Marfa lights. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, my God, this is this is it's almost like it's a big fraud. But all those tourists, they're part of a bigger, more meaningful story about the Marfa lights. The lure of tourists proved to be a boon to nearby Marfa. Founded in the 1880s as a water stop for the railway, the population quickly grew in the 1920s. For a time, a lot of the economy was supported by an Air Force training ground, but that closed in 1945. Times got tough in Little Marfa. Marfa was, in the past, a very poor town. It was a dying town. It almost died. And even today, it's still a very poor town. But once the town realized the potential of its local mystery, it quickly began to take advantage of it. It set up a viewing station with information plaques and restrooms. It hosts an annual Marfa Lights Festival. It touts the lights as one of the biggest draws to the town. I mean, Marfa was this unbelievably poor town. They were looking for something to, to help themselves out in the, you know, I mean, it's a spot on the road. So they, tr they tried to figure some way to, to save themselves. I love stories like that. I love, you know, stories about communities like that, people like that. And it's not ultimately a lie. There's something going on out there. And so it's, yeah, it's just this, it's this great sense of a, of a mystery that can't be explained. And who doesn't like that? The mystery of the Marfa Lights may have just saved the town. And the truth is that even with all of Carl's scientific measurements, 
there's a part of this story that still can't be explained. Carl told me some of the Marvelites aren't cars, and we don't know what they are. My colleague Jim Bunnell has actually witnessed these in person and uh, has taken photographs of them, not terribly close, but close enough to show that there's some structure inside the, the unusual lights that aren't just headlights. Without more information in terms of hard scientific data, in terms of spectra or uh, other measurements of magnetic electric fields and so forth, it's very difficult to conclude anything about the origin of the lights. For Michael, that's heartening. He's heard from many locals that, although they know the secret of the Marfa lights, there are some things floating out in the desert that they just can't explain. I love the Marfa lights. I love Marfa. I love Alpine. I love that part of Texas. And I love folklore. You know, I, I love the whole mystery of the mystery. Why did they put up a viewing station when they <laughs> knew that these lights were car lights? Well, I think part of it was because they knew that even if those were car lights, that everybody who lives out there has seen something that is unexplained. I guess there are some things that even science can't solve. Yet. Science Solved It is a production on Vice Media and Motherboard. For regular updates on the show and to see photos of the Marfa lights, visit motherboard.vice.com. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter, at ScienceSolvedIt. Give us a follow, let me know what you think of the show so far, and which episode is your favorite. This episode was produced and edited by Tim Barnes. It was written by me. Production assistance was provided by Dan Schumacher, Ryan Katz, Chairu Singha, and Shamika Lywood. Special thanks to KTSW, the campus radio station at Texas State University. Our theme music is by Reximus. Thanks so much for listening. Stay curious. Next week on Science Solved It. The ancient aliens thing is so funny because it takes this idea that maybe past peoples had a different kind of knowledge that like we no longer have access to or somehow they were tapped into something that we like can't understand anymore. And then this sort of UFO alien idea and it kind of marries them into this great uh, sauce. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.